if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. All right, hour number two is getting started just a little bit late as we went a little bit long with Congressman Jim Jordan, but I apologize for nothing. It was a great interview, and I appreciate you being with us. Ten minutes past ten o'clock now on this Monday, the 13th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2020. We've talked a lot about national issues and um, local issues in other localities, rather, rather than ours here in uh, Northeast Ohio and in the state of Ohio. So we want to go back or come back home now and talk about COVID-19 and talk about restrictions and talk about counties in the red and being threatened with going into the purple under the governor's weird little color-coding system, and uh, whether or not any of it can be believed, because quite frankly, the information we get on a daily basis from Governor DeWine and Lieutenant Governor Husted and from the health director and so on and so forth doesn't always match the numbers that are available on the websites of the various counties' boards of health. Um, bottom line is, uh, they are grossly exaggerating the dangers of the spread and the hospitalizations of the Chinese coronavirus uh, each and every day in Columbus. And we deserve to know the truth. And somebody who believes that is the person who sponsored a bill, uh, House Bill 624 specifically, known as the Truth in COVID-19 Statistics Bill. And that someone is State Representative Diane Grandel, who joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Representative Grandel, good to talk to you. How are you this morning? I am just great. Thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. Well, thank you for doing what you're doing, which is why we wanted to put you on the show. We need our our citizens and your constituents uh, throughout the state of Ohio to know that somebody is looking out for them by looking out for the truth. Tell me about your bill. It's House Bill 624. It's based on a simple concept that when the governor or Ohio Department of Health gives the, the statistics on COVID-19, that they should give all of the current information not just the scary statistics. This just continues to create an atmosphere of fear. Why would anyone not want to know the truth? Why would you not want to tell the people exactly, since there's 35,000 hospital beds and at the highest time, at the highest time of the, of the COVID uh, virus pandemic, the most was 1,035 beds being used and there's so much less now it's gone down so much we no longer 
are, are looking to stop the curve. The curve has, has gone, has, has been going down. So we need to let the people know so they're not frightened. Well, uh, Representative Grindel, they are frightened, uh, and I think you've answered your own question as to why they won't talk about the actual flattening of the hospitalization numbers, the actual uh, the incredible drop in the death numbers in terms of percentages of those infected who actually die, and why they won't talk about where those people live in congregant settings, etc., because it doesn't advance their their agenda of fear. Now, I can't tell. I speak as to why they want to keep keep people afraid, but it is kind of you know. Uh, uh, it is a self-answering question. They are only focusing on the number of infections. In fact, Cong- uh, or, uh, Representative Grindel, they're not even talking about a number of infections. They keep calling them cases and refusing to right. tell and explain to people that a case does not mean a person. A case does not mean a person. And the cases, it could have other issues that what they came in for. I mean, one woman was pregnant. She went in and uh, they they put COVID on there. <laughs> I mean, she may have been tested positive, but she may not be sick from it. And that's right. the thing. When they say all these cases, I mean, they're testing people. They may test 10,000 people, but only so many are testing positive, and they're not giving you that, that whole picture of how many people, if they needed hospitalization, if they didn't, if they're not even, if they're all asymptomatic and, and just tested positive, which is what we're getting, those numbers but the people, many of them are asymptomatic and don't have to have any health care. That's a big part of this, too, uh, Representative Grindel. Um, with this this coding system, this color system that the uh, governor came up with, I don't know how or why, but um, 12 Ohio counties, at least going into the weekend, were in code red, um, which is one step away from full lockdown. Code purple is full lockdown, where you can only leave your house for essential supplies and survival services, etc. Um, why do you suppose it is that, given the fact that the hospitalizations are so low, they have gone so crazy on the masks must be worn uh, everywhere, and uh, if you don't, and your 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 county goes from red to purple, we're going to put you all on lockdown again. Why do you suppose they're doing that? All I know is you, you don't. I, I have no idea what's in their mind, but you see the effect, and the effect is to terrify people and also to subjugate people. That's my concern too. That's my concern too, and I think these mandatory mask orders are to do just that. Because you know what? I've talked to people, and you probably have too, in your private life. And I'm talking about not on the radio, just in my private life. I've talked to people who get scared, uh, you know, uh, witless when they see everybody walking around with masks on, because they are. They, it's almost like there's some sort of poison in the air that if I don't match them and put this on, then I may get infected by it. There is a palpable fear that people have, and sometimes it's not even conscious; it's subconscious. You see that. The air isn't clean. You're afraid to breathe. And some people are afraid to even go out. And guess what happens when they're afraid to go out? They aren't going out and supporting and participating in the economy. They're afraid to leave their homes. And and thus, businesses continue to suffer and Ohioans continue to suffer. A a big issue. I mean, the poor businesses and restaurants and people are afraid to go to work. But you know that mask issue is certainly debatable for some people. And certainly, you know, for seniors or for people in nursing homes. But it's a personal choice. 
Yeah, it shouldn't it be. Should, well, it should be a personal choice, but it isn't. They're mandating it again in any st- any county that checks into the red. And by the way, the red, of course, is only uh, the, the, the number one indicator as to whether or not you move from uh, yellow to red is, is the number of cases, the new cases. And, of course, they have increased testing to the point where they were testing 2,000 people a day. Now they're testing 20,000 people a day. And right. shock of all shocks, they're finding more asymptomatic positives, not sick people, but just people who aren't have no symptoms whatsoever but who test positive and then they're claiming that there's a massive spread it's not a massive spread it's a massive increase in testing you have that correct uh you know one of the representatives representative house wears a mask all the time she got covid you know (laughs) she wears a mask and does the distancing and she she got covid i'm sorry i don't mean to laugh at anybody getting sick but uh but that that, that's that's ironic yeah we don't want anybody to get sick but you know these you know, but it's a choice. And, you know, just recently, I don't know if you heard, they opened up Disney World. And the man that's head of Disney World said, you know, look at folks, it's not going away. We have to learn to live with it. And, and it's a virus. Uh, you know, and any, any waiting for a vaccine, I mean, people are still dying from the flu, and we've got all kinds of vaccines out there. because Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and this is the frustrating thing about it is, you know, they never found a vaccine for H1N1, and it was incredibly uh, infectious. It was incredibly deadly. It caused so many problems. And guess what? They didn't lock down the states. They didn't close down businesses. They didn't shut down schools. They didn't cancel sports seasons over H1N1 waiting for a virus. Otherwise, we'd still be canceled because they never did find a, or excuse me, waiting for a vaccine, uh, because they never did come up with a vaccine. What is this fascination with we have to lock everything down until there's a vaccine as if this is, you know, as if that's the only way that it's, you know, that people are going to stop being affected, uh, affected by this. And, you know, the vaccine will help, maybe help some people, but won't help everybody. And the, the virus will mutate. You can't keep up with it. You have to build the immunities yourself. Exactly. And, and well, and I think what you're talking about is herd immunity. And I completely concur because the numbers that they are finding uh, of positive tests are inclu- including more and more and more younger people now, people, you know, younger than 40. And of course, prior to that, it had been mostly over, you know, senior citizens, et cetera. Um, but the fact of the matter is that all of those people, unless they have some comorbidities, uh, they are being impacted or excuse me, infected younger than 40. It's not touching them. They're not even getting sick. And if they do, it's only for a very short period of time before they uh, are up and about again and it's certainly not lethal no the hospitals uh, isn't the that what we have to do we kind of all have to get this to get it over with yes and the government does not have any legal authority to tell healthy people that they have to wear masks it well, does I'm, not have that authority i am glad to hear you say that because they are saying they do and and as a matter of fact, in some cases, they are threat. You know, in Cuyahoga County, the Cuyahoga County Council has put together a hotline and said, "Call this number to report people not wearing masks." We're going to send the. I don't know if they're going to send out health department officials or if they're going to send out police. I think police have said this is not our our job because it's not a law. It's not something that was actually passed by you know legislature or even a city council. Um, but but you know no they basically said we're going to send people out there. You're saying as a representative of state government that they do not have the right to do that. It can only be done by legislation. By legislation. So yeah, uh, and so even it's, then, and even then, it can't do something that's unconstitutional. We can't just like we can't have say that pass that we're going back to slavery. You cannot pass anything that's unconstitutional, and we cannot pass something like that as a legislature. Can you tell me then, 
and maybe this is a little bit uh, too far here for you to be able to answer right now, but Representative Grendel, if somebody calls the the police or the health department on me for not wearing a mask, because I don't wear one. I, I, I went shopping yesterday, and I walked into the store without a mask. No one said a word to me. I shopped without a mask, and I checked out without a mask. But if somebody does want to confront me and saying, you have to wear a mask, and I say, no, I don't, and they say, I'm calling. And if I stand and wait for the response, and somebody comes to cite me, to issue a citation of some sort to me. What do I tell them? Can I tell them that I heard from a state representative who said, you do not have the authority to do this? Do I take it to a court of law? What do I tell them? Uh, <laughs> I guess we have to take it to a court of law because there is no legal okay. authority. I wouldn't want them to get in a confrontation because someone who is coming after you is is really going to, uh, ready to to cause you to either put you in jail use you as an example yeah and you know what and that's fine if they want to do that i doubt they would do that i certainly and i don't want anybody getting into a confrontation either at least one that becomes physical in any way but i you know i may want to stand there and say bring them to me and then let's have this out because we have already seen a couple of judges say that the state doesn't they didn't have the right to do a number of things that they did including shutting down gyms and including shutting down all businesses you know two different judges have said they can't do that Yes, absolutely true. We consent. The people have the ability to consent to government or not consent. And we have that ability. We are the ones that choose the people and, and represent them and to uh, say whether uh, and pass only constitutional laws. Well, uh, you know what? That's exactly how it's supposed to be, is the people are supposed to be represented by people like you. You make the laws and not uh, some, some executive uh, in, uh, you know, in the governor's office or in the governor's administration or even in the Department of Health. The idea that those people can uh, pass all powerful laws without any representation of the people through their legislators like you, is uh, uh, that's a bridge too far. Uh, and truth you know in- Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln said, uh, who died to free our slaves, to free our slaves, that I am a firm believer in the people. If given the truth, which is my bill, they can be depended upon to meet any national crisis. And the truth is what we're looking for here. That's what this bill is called. It's House Bill 624, called the Truth in COVID-19 Statistics Bill, sponsored by uh, State Representative Representative Diane Grindel. It has advanced to a Senate committee, and hopefully it'll move swiftly through there so that the people can indeed have the truth and not be uh, blinded by the fear that they're pushing. Yeah. 20, Repres- 20 other states are, are give out disinformation plus zip codes. 15 counties are giving out uh, the zip codes. You know, why, is, why aren't they doing all of this like, like these people? Completely concur. And I'm glad you're out there fighting for us on this, so Representative, Representative Grendel, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. 1023, we'll get a quick time out and come back with your calls the rest of the way. AM 1420, The Answer. All right, very short segment here before the bottom of the hour. Let me use it to say this to you. Don't get tested, okay? I am with Representative Nino Vitale on this. If you are a healthy person, do not get tested. I'm looking at Mike DeWine, the bespectacled buffoon governor of ours. Uh, his uh, his uh, Twitter feed an hour ago said this. Find this week's free pop-up testing locations below. No appointment necessary. 
Why do you want to go and to a pop-up testing site and get tested randomly? It makes no sense whatsoever. I was at a party on Saturday evening. All right, one of our friends said, as we of course every party gets together, you eventually end up talking about the virus and talking about the rules, talking about whether or not there's going to be school, talking about football seasons, and on and on and on and on we go. So of course we're talking about the spread. And one of my friends says, uh, well, I don't have to worry about it. I tested negative. Really? When? Two weeks ago. Oh, okay. Um, where have you been for the last two weeks? Did you lock yourself up in a plastic bubble where no germs can enter? No? Oh, okay. So how do you know you're negative now? And that kind of stumped the group. And that's exactly the point. She tested because she was going into a place where it was a mandatory test, she was going, I don't remember exactly what the situation was, but she tested negative. And people act as if, well, that's, that's one we don't have to worry about. Why? If you're negative Monday, you might not be on Wednesday. If you're negative Wednesday, you might not be Thursday. Who knows who you're going to come into contact with between that time and the next time. So if in order for testing to mean anything, it's got to be done daily. Or is it every other day? Once a week? How often are we going to test 330 million Americans? How often are we going to test 11.5 million Ohioans? Because getting tested when you're not sick is pointless. You might still get uh, uh, infected later on. Stop being tested. If you're sick and you have the symptoms, if you have the shortness of breath, if you have the fever, if you have the cough, if you have uh, you know, uh, any of the number of things that, that are associated with the Chinese coronavirus, okay, go get a test if you want. But if you are not symptomatic, going to get tested does nothing, except if you're positive and totally asymptomatic and not sick, put another check mark in the list of new cases. That's what it does. Another case. And it's pointless because tomorrow you might become, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, if you tested negative, you might be tested positive the next day or the next day or the next day or the next day. It is absolutely senseless for a healthy person to go and take one of these tests because if it comes back negative, you're going to have to take it again and then again and again and again and again and again and again for it to have meant anything. We'll be right back. I hope I wasn't too clunky with my uh, explanation there in the last segment before the news. Um, If you're not sick, you have no reason to get tested. It will do no good for anyone. You understand that? If you're not sick, if you're not experiencing symptoms, getting tested will do no good for anyone. If you say, yeah, but it'll make me confirm that I don't have it, super. Will it confirm that you don't have it on Wednesday? Because you're going to go and see people between now and Wednesday. You're going to be in public, right? Unless you're locking yourself in a bubble, you're not going to necessarily uh, uh, be disease-free or virus-free on Wednesday. You're going to get another test Wednesday? What if that one's negative? You're going back on Friday? How about Saturday? Pop-up testing stations are everywhere. Go get tested. Make sure you're still disease-free. You don't go and take random AIDS tests. If you're married and not sexually promiscuous or not sharing needles with somebody, you don't just say, I gotta make sure I'm still clean. If you're feeling sick, get tested. If you then test positive, deal with it appropriately. Chances are, 
chances are you'll be up and on your feet in a couple of days because that's what we're finding out about this. It is so much less dangerous and less deadly um, than they ever knew to start with. The death rate continues to plummet. The hospitalization rate continues to plummet. Hospitals are empty, so many of them. And the ones that aren't in other states like Texas, for example, I played for the audio of doc, uh, for you the audio of Dr. Scott Alice breaking it down. They're saying 90% of the beds are taken in Texas. Yeah, what they're not saying is that, that of the 90%, 85% of those are for people who are returning to the hospital for regular care that they had to turn away or you know, not, not uh, uh, receive during the actual height of the pandemic. Only 15% of the 90% of the beds are being used by people with COVID. Oh, but the, the number of infections is going up. Look at the number of infections. No, it's not. It's the number of cases. And the number of cases is, is going up because, A, you're testing 10 times many, uh, as many people as you were before because of all of these voluntary people going and testing who are not even symptomatic. That's part, part one of the, of the equation. And the other reason, of course, that it's going up is because they're lying to you about the numbers. One case does not equal a person. If you see Florida got, had 15,000 new cases and you think it means 15,000 new people tested positive in 24 hours, you're not paying attention. If you test positive and you have to self-isolate or quarantine, you're going to have to test two or three or four more times before you get a negative test. And in some cases, two negative tests in a row before they decide you're clear and let you out of quarantine. And each time you test positive, it counts as a new positive case. And thus, it looks like, when they report it uh, in the uh, media, it looks like a new person rather than the same person multiple times. That's what Diane Grandel's bill is for. Mike DeWine and his minions are liars. They present to you only uh, half stories, half truths, no context, and without telling you the other statistics that matter as much, if not even more. All right, let's go to um, phone calls. We'll talk to Chuck in North Ridgeville. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Chuck. Go ahead. Hey, Bob. Nice to yes, hear from you again. Uh, thanks for inviting me on. Yes, sir. Uh, you mentioned about the mask thing. Well, I have a couple options for you. Well, what you did was absolutely the best thing. Just walk in, okay? You know, show show some... You know, some chutzpah and some courage and just walk in because it's businesses. Businesses don't want to confront you. They want no. you to come back, okay? So that's the best thing to do. However, if someone does confront you, you tell them, uh, hey, listen, I have an underlying health condition that precludes me wearing a mask. That's if you want to lie. Unless you want to get in a confrontation, that's up to you. There's always ways to handle that. I have a friend who goes to the Westlake Healthcare Center, and they just opened up, and she goes to the pool, for God's sake, and she walked in there, and they asked her, um, hey, where's your mask? And she said, sorry, I got a health care problem, and she walked right by him. She said the two women there just looked at each other. They didn't do a thing, okay? So, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's that you can do, and if they do confront you, you can also say, listen, uh, uh, I have that health care uh, uh, preclusion, and they say, well, what is it? You tell them, sorry, that is a HIPAA violation. Now, HIPAA itself, the Health Insurance Privacy and Protection Act, is a blue-shirted, uh, lefty, uh, proglodyte law. But it's time we started using some of these laws against them. You just tell them that's a HIPAA violation, and you tell the police the same thing. And anyone else that confronts you about your particular, specific health care problem, it is illegal for them to know that. 
That's correct. So, okay. and, and you know, I'm glad. I'm glad. And thank you for the call, Chuck. Good, good information. Um, 100% right. That, that I, I did the exact same thing that you just described uh, on yesterday. It was yesterday when I went into Walmart. Um, I was making a birthday dinner for my son, who's actually, his birthday is actually tomorrow, but I was making his favorite meal, which he requested for his birthday celebration, which we had on Sunday yesterday, uh, lasagna, and a couple of ingredients were missing, so I had to go up there and make a quick run. And um, it, it was the first time I tried to go into a store since Lorraine County, my county, uh, went red in the, in the governor's weird little rainbow scale. And uh, so it was the first time I went. I wasn't really quite sure what to expect. I just knew that I wasn't going to be wearing a mask. And they're on the bicycle uh, um, racks, you know, that they have used as barriers to, you know, steer people into the entrance so that you don't go in through the outdoor and dare pass by somebody going in the opposite direction because some of the cooties on you might drop, dr- jump onto them and some of the cooties from them might jump onto you. Uh, so there on the bicycle rack was a great big Mylar sign that said, is it Mylar? Is that what that's made of? Anyway, a uh, big sign that said, uh, you know, face coverings are required. And then it showed like three or four bullet points, must cover the mouth and nose, must be worn at all times in the store, blah, blah, blah. But the fourth bullet point at the very bottom said, uh, exceptions for, I think it's children under three or something, and uh, for people with certain health conditions. And there's my in. That's it. There is an exception, and it's in the law. I read it to you last week from the governor's website, from the uh, Department of Health uh, website. There are exceptions for people with certain health conditions. And as the caller just pointed out, you don't have to disclose what your health condition is. Now, if you don't want to get into a confrontation, or if you do get into a confrontation with somebody who's going to be a, a stickler about something, the tool that I have advised, and I have it in my hand right now, the tool that I have advised people to take with them, it's just an aid. It just kind of helps you explain the situation. It's a card. It's a blue card. I'm holding it now. What you hear rattling there is the uh, the uh, metal, lan- metal clip to the lanyard that you can wear around your neck and wear into all places uh, during this ridiculous mandate. And what it says on the front is, wearing a face mask, face mask poses a serious health risk to me. Under the HIPAA, uh, Health Insurance Portability and uh, Portability rather uh, and Portability and Accountability Act, excuse me, um, I am not required to disclose my medical conditions to you. I am exempt from any local or state regulation mandating face mask usage in public. And then it has a little warning to any business owner that might give you any grief. Again, this is your decision as to whether or not you want to you know, use this, but you read this to them. The Americans with Disabilities Act, that's the ADA, provides the organizations, uh, uh, provides that, rather, organizations and businesses can be fined for up to $75,000 for the first violation and 150000 for any subsequent violation. Meaning, if you discriminate against me and my disability, which I don't have to disclose to you, then you can be in serious trouble if I wish to push it. The bottom of the card says, please provide the necessary consideration to aid the bearer in the uh, unimpeded exercise of their legal and constitutional rights. And then the back of this card is even better because it simply quotes the First Amendment. This is your right under the, 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 the Bill of Rights to express yourself and to uh, live, speak freely, to express yourself freely, to assemble freely, in other words, to go wherever you want without being impeded by people trying to stop your constitutional rights. 
So I got this card, and I, t- I tell everybody every single day. And I tell them in person, and I tell them uh, 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 on the air, I tell them online. If you want one of these cards to help aid you in any confrontation you might get into, if you want a card to help, it's just used as a tool. It doesn't have any legal bearing. Uh, you know, it's not like it was, you know, something that was given to you by a judge, but it helps you make your argument peacefully that says, please don't bother me. I'm shopping and I'm doing my commerce here freely as allowed under the law. I have a health condition that precludes me from wearing a mask, and it is not your right to ask me what that health condition is. And these cards are available uh, at my a website for an organization that I work with called Citizens for Free Speech. Online at citizensforfreespeech.org. Go to that website. You'll see a little section there for the blue cards. You'll see exactly what I'm holding in my hands. And for a small donation to Citizens for Free Speech, I think it's $5, they will send you one of these cards in the mail, and you can use it to aid yourself or assist yourself in making the, the your case that you do not have to wear one of those chains around your face. Wear the lanyard around your neck rather than the chain around your face. And that's what I see those masks as. Uh, they limit your freedom. They restrict you. It's, it's like chaining you. So uh, citizensforfreespeech.org. It's a very important, very important tool to have with you. But as I said, I marched right in. Nobody, you know, if you, if you just walk like you are going where you know you're supposed to go and you are doing what you are, know you are supposed to do, chances are most people won't even bother you. I walked in. Did my shopping, walked out as if I didn't look scared, I didn't look around and look for somebody to confront me. I just did my business, and I think it will be the same way for you. Just, I can't say it strongly enough. Do not comply. Do not comply with this unconstitutional mandate. If you want to wear one, by the way, feel free. But do it because it's your choice, not because it's mandated. Do it because it's your choice. That is what the Constitution guarantees us, our own choice. Ron in Brook Park. Hey, Ron, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Bob. How are you doing today? Good, sir. I want to go back to the attorneys for a few minutes, okay? I'm glad that they're giving those attorneys a bad time, to be honest with you. And before you think I went off the rails, hear me out. I'm glad you're doing what they're doing in Seattle. I'm glad that they're doing what they're doing in New York as far as defunding the police and cutting back on that. You know, my father used to have a saying, you can't tell people anything. You have to show them. And you brought up the operative word, liberal attorneys. The only way you're going to stand any kind of a chance of turning these liberals around, if we have a chance at all, is to show them like a George Bailey. You remember the movie A Wonderful Life? Of course. Show them what, show them what life would be like without them. Well, you have to show these liberals what a country would be like with liberals at the helm leading it and the insanity that's going on, cutting back on police and response times, being arrested or having your weapons taken away from you. You can't tell them this because they won't listen. You have to show them. Maybe those two attorneys, by the time they're done and they have to fight to get their weapons back and they saw that they almost got their butts kicked and their house burnt down, they may turn into conservatives before it's all over. You might even see Seattle turn around if enough people get their butts whipped there and enough destruction is done, and the police response time is way down, and their life and their family's life is threatened, you might just see Seattle turn around. I don't know if it'll happen, but I don't see any other way that we stand a chance of getting through them. Same thing. Here's, the, here's the thing, though, my friend. I, I, don't, I understand the point you're making, clearly, and thank you for it, Ron. Uh, but here's the thing. It's not just them, their families, who would be victimized in such a circumstance. You know? 
you know what what if it's your grandmother who's living in a uh, in a you know whether it's a suburban area or an urban area or whatever and what she hopes is a quiet street and what if it's the lack of police leads to more and more brazen home invasions people going in and robbing and stealing and assaulting and it's your grandmother and you're not a you're not one of these people who wants to defund the police in other words i'm looking and i'm looking out for the uh, for the victims who don't deserve, you know, this this type of experiment. Um, I get your point. You know, go ahead, defund the police in Seattle and New York and this and the other, and then watch and see what happens when all of these, when the whole thing goes to hell and watch when more and more crime spikes. But it's the innocent victims of that crime that I obviously, you know, I can't abide by that. And the truth is, that's what makes cops good. That's what makes the 98, 99% of the cops that are good cops, good cops, because they wouldn't want that either. They would rather go there and fight the crime and stop people from being victimized, because that's the oath that they took. Thanks for the call, Ron. I do appreciate your point, though. I know where you're going with it. 1052, right back. All right, uh, final segment here is about a three and a half minute one. Let's get a couple more phone calls in in the bottom of the, or in that uh, time period before the top of the hour. John is in uh, Middleburg. John, you're on the air. Go ahead. Bob, oh, thank you, Bob. Enjoy your program. Bob, thank right you. from the start, do you remember how, what we were instructed to do? If we think we have the virus or if we feel sick, we call our doctor and we follow what our doctor tells us to do. Now, if you're feeling okay and going for this, uh, this testing, you know, you're taking yourself to a place where people probably are symptomatic, and there's a chance that people have the virus. Now, they probably do a good job of protecting people at the test site, but what if you're following these people to the local Walmart or the gas station? You know, why? I don't understand why you would put yourself in a position to get this when you don't need to. Yeah, also, you're, you're 100% right. Okay, go ahead, finish your thought. Uh, one final question. With these drive-up testings, what kind of test is this? Are these viral tests or are these just these antibody tests? No one ever seems to break that down. Yeah, no, these are these are the viral tests, not for the antibodies. In fact, thank you for the call. I was just having a conversation off the air with uh, a friend, Dr. John Davidson from University Hospitals in Case, um, and, and he was talking. We were talking about the testing, and he said, yeah, what we really need is widespread antibody testing, but we don't have that available right now. The antibody tests are blood tests, not uh, swabs. So it's only what we're talking about. What they're talking about increasing is the number of swab tests for infections, not the antibody tests. The antibody tests are what we need because the swab tests are pointless if you're not sick. If you're not sick, you test negative, then guess what? You may not be negative the next day or the day after that. Are you going to keep going back for test after test after test after test? It's the only way to make sure that you stay disease-free or virus-free. So what we need is the antibody test to find out who has actually uh, already had it and thus is presumed to be um, immune to it from that point forward. Thank you, John. TJ in Cleveland next. Hi, TJ. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. You know, Bob, a lot's been said about the constitutionality of these uh, masks. Right. I'm still wondering about the constitutionality of seatbelts. They made that a law. That affects nobody but the user itself, but they made it a law. And say someone with a hernia, severe hernia, and strapping that belt across that not only can cause undue pain, but could cause serious damage. Now, they couldn't use the HIPAA laws in that case. I don't see where there's a big difference between mask and seatbelts. And the big difference is they can take the point that mask affect other people too 
where they can't say that with the seatbelts. But they do whatever they want, and they will do what they uh, want to do, and they'll use it as a revenue source in the long run. And, and that's what I, I think a lot of this is about. And I will have to say, I agree with Ron from Brook Park 100%. I mean, TJ, I appreciate the, yeah, I appreciate the call. You know, I, I I understood what Ron was saying too, and I agree with him. If the people that were going to be harmed by a cop-free or a fifty percent defunded cop city were only going to be the uh, the people who wanted the cop, for, you know, the, to defund the police, you know, if they gave them a taste of the medicine they were asking for, or their family members, okay, I get the point. But I'm worried about the people who were reliant upon the police and who support the police and did not want to defund the police they don't deserve to live in a police free society in which they will be victimized that was the only reason i disagreed with that but i do understand both of your points on it thanks so much for the calls thanks to congressman jordan thanks to representative grendel for being on the program today thanks to andrew and to marcy for running the show today and thanks to you for listening it the listening to it rather peter kirsten i will be with us on tomorrow's program coming up next it's mike gallagher stay right here on am 1420 the answer we'll see you bye-bye Enjoy the silence. This is AM 1420, The Answer, WHK, W273DG, Cleveland, a service of Salem Media Group, with your...